0: Woodside Church Podcast Hi everyone. Today is the last in our series, Prophets Speak, Words for Now from the Heart of God. In recent weeks we've been looking at some words spoken by Old Testament prophets which bring us strength, encouragement and comfort. And each passage has held much relevance and help today in the current situation that we find ourselves in with the global pandemic and its consequences. Today, I'm going to bring a message from some words spoken by the prophets Haggai and Zechariah entitled, Look Forward. Both Haggai and Zechariah lived in Jerusalem shortly after many Jews had returned from exile in Babylon. Those who returned had began to rebuild the temple. But due to opposition from local enemies, They abandoned the project when it was only half finished. Instead, they concentrated on rebuilding their own houses and trying to recultivate their own land, but without much success, as God was withholding his blessing. They'd been putting themselves first rather than God. After several years, God spoke to Zerubbabel, who was the governor of Jerusalem, Jeshua, the high priest, and all of the people in the city through both Haggai and Zechariah, exhorting them to continue their work on the temple. And firstly, God invited them to look back. In Haggai 2, verses 1 to 3, we read, then on October the 17th of that same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendour? How in comparison does it look to you now It must seem like nothing at all. Now, for the people hearing Haggai's message, there'd been a gap of 70 years and only the very elderly would have remembered what the temple had previously looked like. At this stage, it was in ruins, a shadow of its former glory. And God was asking, how in comparison does it look to you now? it must seem like nothing at all. It is possible that some of us may feel this way when we think about our church not being able to gather and meet in the way that we were used to. The last Sunday that we were able to meet in person was March the 15th, and now we're in September, six months later. Do you ever look back to the meetings and events that we had before then? Worshipping God together, one church, two sites, three meetings, enjoying fellowship together, catching up with news and meeting with friends, hearing and responding to the preaching of God's word together, sharing communion together, anticipating prophetic contributions, wondering what God might say uh, to us. It's not just Sundays, but all the events in a typical month, the fun and the buzz of play people, or of Connections or Centre 41, the children's and the youth clubs, the prayer meetings and the consumed worship evenings. In contrast now, the building is so quiet. Empty. Only a handful of people have been in, and we still don't know when things will be back to normal. As the months go on, it's enough to make you discouraged and feeling a little weak and less motivated or less hopeful for the days ahead. In the days of Haggai, God knew how the people in Jerusalem were feeling when He asked. Does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendour? How, in comparison, does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. Now, this is not a direct parallel with our current situation. Bear in mind, things have been continuing. Online services like this one, recorded devotional talks, community groups have managed in one way or another to continue. Prayer meetings have taken place. We've been able to continue with food bank meeting the needs in the community. Or the ministry to the lonely has actually launched during this particular time. Pastoral care has carried on. Friendships have continued. And now on Wednesday afternoons, we have a drop in for those who just want some company or want some prayer. All of this reminds us that the temple is no longer a building, but the people who follow Jesus. Paul said in Ephesians two nineteen to 21, You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. The church survives without buildings. We are family, joined together relationally in Christ. We are a body, many parts, but still able to function together, regardless of current restrictions. When Jesus said to Peter, I will build my church, he was not talking about buildings, but about people, his people. Which is why Peter, when he wrote his first letter, said, You are living stones that God is building into his temple. Having said that, this message given through Haggai is very relevant to us. What the people in his day needed was to hear what God was saying to them there and then. And we are encouraged by the words of Haggai to look back to how things were but also to hear God speaking now. And this is what God was saying. Haggai 2 verses 4-9 to But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. How does this encourage us now? He said to the leaders by name and all the people, be strong. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. If you are a leader, God knows you by name. And is saying, be strong. You being strong helps those around you to be strong as well. If you're a community group leader or a children's work leader, a youth leader, a worship leader, any part of any leadership team within the church, including what we do in the community, you are still a leader. And God's message is, be strong. But the message wasn't just for the leaders. It was for all the people who God also knew by name. It was for all of us. His message is, be strong to us. Or as Paul puts it in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Next week, I'm going to be launching a new series. It's going to be entitled Fan the Flame, Exhortations from 2 Timothy. And week by week, we're going to be looking at things that will help to strengthen us in our faith as individuals. But going back to this passage in Haggai, how can we be strong? Well, it's because God is with us. Why are we to be strong? Because God is with us and there is work now for all of us to do. For the people in Haggai's days it was to finish the building of the temple. For us it's to be used by God to be building up the church family. Now many have been doing this through the lockdown with in the restrictions that we've been living with and well done and thank you so much. You are making a difference. But the longer this goes on, the easier it is for some of us to become weary, demotivated, and like the people in Jerusalem at the time of Haggai, to retreat to our own individual lives, homes and work without much thought of the church family that we are a part of at all. God said to them, And I believe he says to us, be strong all you people still left in the land and now get to work for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's army. We hardly need reminding how we can continue to do this. It's all the one another's in the New Testament. The difference it makes when we pray for one another love and serve one another encourage one another practice hospitality stir up the prophetic gift i've been wondering recently about the verse in hebrews 10 verse 25 where it says and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near And we've not been neglecting our meeting together. We've not been able to meet together. And how does that work with us in the current situation? But I really feel in my heart, the essence of that particular exhortation is this, stay connected. Keep engaged with Sunday services. Stay connected within your community group. Stay connected with others that you know In the church family, pray for the leaders who are constantly evaluating how we should keep in step with God's leading at this particular time. Say to God, Thank you that I'm a part of our local church family. Please use me in any way you want to be a blessing to others in it. Now, many. been a huge blessing, many of you, during this time. You've been prompted by God and responded to the promptings and we've seen the results. I can think of examples where people have felt led by God to bake for others with encouragements written on the labels of the cakes and the biscuits and the jams and the scones that have been delivered uh, with love. Others have felt led by God to serve in particular ways, maybe shopping or meals for others. Some have been led by God to pray and fast and to intercede. Some were led by God to start Alpha online and it has been very successful. Two ladies in the church have felt led by God individually to start two new community groups for people not already in them. they're going really well. We've had others who are led to start a monthly 24-hour pray day, prayer day, and with 80 or uh, to 100 people taking part, and it's actually been so worthwhile. Others have felt led by God to write to the leaders to communicate thoughts that they believe God has given them. And that is so appreciated. I have to say, you are most fulfilled in life when you are aware that God is with you, that you are strong in him and serving him in his purposes, involved actively in what he is doing. And if we all do this, the difference it makes to the building up of the church family is immense. You can imagine the people in Jerusalem hearing Haggai's words, thinking, this sounds like a lot of hard work, a lot of commitment of time and energy. I've got a lot to cope with without all this. So God continued to speak to them through Haggai. Verse five of chapter two, he said this, my spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. And reinforcing this, the other prophet, Zechariah, prophesied in uh, chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing not even a mighty mountain will stand in zerubbabel's way it will become a level plain before him and when zerubbabel sets the final stone in the temple place uh, of the temple in place the people will shout may god bless it may god bless it it's not by our own effort that we see the church blessed and built up particularly during a time where there are many understandable restrictions that we must all observe for the good of everyone. It's like a mountain or an obstacle that we currently face. It's by the working of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, now within us and working through us that we will see what God wants accomplished. To us, as Peter Solomon reminded us from the prophet Joel, We live in the time when the Holy Spirit is available to all. We are to be filled with the Spirit, live by the Spirit and walk by the Spirit. Jesus lives in us by his Holy Spirit and apart from him we can do nothing that bears fruit. But by his power at work within us we can be very fruitful indeed. Now, there'll be more about this next week when I introduce our next teaching series. But thirdly, when God encouraged the people in Jerusalem, he then said to them, look forward. Through Zechariah, God said that when the building of God's temple comes to its end, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. He was saying, there's blessing for you ahead. As you do my will, as you engage yourselves in my purpose, blessing will come and blessing will follow. God has plans for us as we look forward and move forward into this coming term and beyond. As we follow and obey him, God's blessing will result. Through Haggai, God said this, verses 6 through to 9. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. In just a little while I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of Heaven's Armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of Heaven's Armies. And in this place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of Heaven's Armies, have spoken. Wow! Even in a time... When there is a shaking in the nations, God was outworking his purposes and said that the future glory of the temple will be greater than the former glory that you look back on. Now the temple was the place where heaven touched earth. God's presence was known and manifest there. The rebuilt temple in Haggai and Zechariah's day didn't ever have the same glory of when it was first dedicated by Solomon. But through this prophecy, God was looking forward to the fulfilment of what the temple is. When Jesus came, he was the presence of God touching earth. He was Emmanuel, God with us. And when he said to his critics, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up, he was talking about his body. And now we, the church of the body of Christ, his temple, where God's presence touches earth. And we get to play our part in this. So the same message through Haggai and Zechariah to the people in Jerusalem is just as relevant to us today. Look forward, be strong and work with all your heart. God says, I'm with you and my spirit remains among you. And in this place, I will bring peace. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news of peace. And when Jesus died on the cross in our place, taking our sins upon himself, he did this so that when we believe in him, we can have peace with God. And also peace within ourselves. No more guilt, shame, a clear conscience. A trust in him that brings deep security and a peace with each other. In the cross, every dividing wall of hostility between one person and another is broken down. And I appeal to any who do not yet know Jesus, but are listening to this today. Believe on him. As it says in Romans 10, 9 to 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And when you do that, God says, and in this place, in your heart, your life. He will bring peace. Now, unprecedented times don't bring peace, but rather they bring a shaking, a shaking of all of our certainties. The threat of the virus doesn't bring peace. The tentative opening up of society after lockdown, as we're discovering, doesn't bring peace. But regardless of the shaking around us, When we come to Christ, he gives us his peace. And therefore, corporately, it can be said, in this place, the place where God dwells, the church, the family of God, God says, in this place, I will bring peace. More of the finishing of the temple in Haggai and Zechariah's time was actually to do with God than the people. He raised up the prophets, he spoke to the people through them, he presents himself with them, and he gave them the Holy Spirit. And it's the same for us today. God is committed to his church. Jesus said that he would build his church. He is committed to us. And in the the same way that God spoke to the people in Haggai's and Zechariah's day, Through the words of these prophets, we are encouraged, yes, to look back, but also to hear what God is saying to us now and to look forward towards whatever he has for us ahead. I don't know exactly what the days, weeks and months ahead of us will look like, but I know that as we grow to be strong in the Lord, As we work to build each other up, as we continue to seek to be a blessing to one another, as each one of us plays our part, using our God-given gifts and abilities empowered by the Holy Spirit, the church and our church will be stronger, more loving, more God-focused, more full of the Holy Spirit, more built up and more blessed than ever before. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are at work in these days and we are called to be co-workers with you. Thank you that we can be strong because you are with us. We are sorry for when we have lost our focus on you and your church and say to you again that we are willing and ready to look forward and to work ready to play our part even within the parameters of the current restrictions ready to build one another up to bring encouragement to one another, to connect with one another and to seek to be used by you in any way you want to be a blessing to others. We know we cannot do this in our own strength. It's not by might, nor by power or our own natural ability, but by your spirit that your purposes are accomplished. Come and fill us afresh, Holy Spirit, we pray. And in the words of Paul in Ephesians 3, 20 to 21, now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen.